Welcome back to The Bulwark Goes to Hollywood. I'm very pleased to be joined again by Richard Rushfield, one of my favorite writers. He uh, he, he writes a great newsletter on the business of Hollywood called The Ankler. Uh, you go to theankler.com and you can listen to, or I'm sorry, uh, read all of his great thoughts. We can listen to his great thoughts right now on this podcast. Thank you for being on the show, Richard. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you for having me and my, my not- that great thoughts this week, but uh, I, I, so I, in your, in, in one of your uh, last couple of newsletters here, you talked a bit about Vin Diesel being an, a movie star, and I'm curious what your definition of a movie star is exactly. Because I, here's, here's my take on Vin Diesel is that he can obviously open a Fast and Furious movie. He's not, he's not bad in lots of other pictures, but he can't really open anything else. Even the franchises that were kind of started for him, the Pitch Black. Uh, then Chronicles of Pitch Black did well, but then Chronicles of Riddick kind of bombed, and then the rebooted Pitch Black idea, you know, didn't do great either. I, so it, it, I, I, I am, I am skeptical that he is a traditional movie star in the sense of a Tom Cruise or an Arnold Schwarzenegger. Am I wrong here? Uh, he's he. I mean, I think he is a traditional movie. A movie star is, I, I think, at this point, is sort of a, sort of like an accepted brand, a brand that the market has brought into that has that has some meaning and sort of makes the makes the 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 product that they are uh in bigger if they're in the right product but just like you know if apple were selling nacho chips that 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 wouldn't they wouldn't necessarily run doritos out of the market there it's it's got to be the right star in the right thing and he is a genuine star in a very narrow range of sort of these Big, uh, the the in the range may be Fast and Furious movies, mm. but uh, within that, a, a Fast and Furious movie is better is better with Vin Diesel is, does better for having Vin Diesel than it does with uh, you know some random TikTok star that they could they could throw in there. Well, that's probably true. They, he is, I, and I think we, and this is borne out in the series. I mean, the the, the series had kind of stalled commercially and artistically. Uh, in the third one, he comes back to the fourth, and everything. It's off to the races. Um, though I would argue, I would argue further, though, in this vein, that Dwayne Johnson is the real star because when he gets into the series, but the fifth one and the the fifth, sixth, seventh one, those are the real like boom times in Fast and Furious Town. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I think, I, I think. Vin Diesel must lie awake every night, like sticking pins into a voodoo doll of Dwayne Johnson, and just curse every uh, image of Dwayne Johnson he sees everywhere because he's 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 always going to be the the smaller version of uh, <laughs> Dwayne Johnson. I mean, he literally, yeah, literally. I mean, even. It, the, the, in the new one, when he stands next to John Senna, finally they're in, been referring to him as little brother, and John Senna is about is about four feet taller than him, and, <laughs> and uh, three times as it just yeah. it it, uh, it was striking. But but it's um, you know stardom now is there. There's no longer if there ever were. I mean the, the days when a star could open anything. Um, that that is long gone, even even for the the giants. Uh, like, but the 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 right star and the right thing still makes a difference, and still, I mean, so much about opening a movie now is just conferring that this is a a big event, communicating to people that this is this is a big thing, that this is the you don't want to just sit and watch this at home. You want to come out and be a part of it, which is a harder and harder thing to do. And having having a, a real star that makes sense to people, and that is is part of it and 
for these movies, Vin Diesel does that. Yeah. Let's talk about F9 a little bit and its performance at the box office, because I think you could make the argument, uh, I think you, you can make two different and like wildly divergent arguments here, that F9 is a signal that the box office is back, $70 million opening weekend, huge. Um, uh, or you could make the argument that, you know, box office is screwed, it tanked in China on the second weekend, it didn't do much better in America second weekend, you know, everything is very front-loaded right now. What what are we, what do we actually take away from how that movie has done uh, in theaters and also what we, what we you know, kind of take away from uh, how, how much audiences are either staying away or going or not going because they know it's going to be on, uh, you know, the, the universe, what it's going to be on Peacock or whatever, or, you know, Paramount Plus. I don't even know where it's going to be. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, th- I think they just, they just, Universal just moved their movies. So, so, yeah. so Pete, congratulations, Peacock uh, users. You've got, uh, you've got. Yeah, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that in a second because this was a relative. This was a relatively late-breaking news story. It popped up, popped up yesterday. Um, but uh, what, uh, so F nine. What's the deal with F nine? Uh, so it, it's showing again very limited data set here of uh, just a couple movies that have opened post COVID. But um, it, it's showing that you can have a box office hit again. You can. It doesn't mean you will have one, as as, as uh, in the Heights has demonstrated, but uh, but that the that that the possibility is there, and within this this so you you you've basically got three big movies tested this out, uh, and very limited tests here. You had you had uh, you had uh, post COVID. You had you had Quiet Place Two, In the Heights, and F Nine. And of those, the ones that were not available immediately on VOD uh, did very well. The one that was available didn't do well. Now, there's a lot of other reasons uh, on those those movies why I did it. But within that that limited data set, you're, it, it's looking like uh, you can still have a, a box office um, triumph and uh, not go on VOD as part of that. Now, Next weekend, we're going to see Black Widow, which is available at home, and is 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 tracking massively. But but we'll see if people show up to that. That that will give a little more information there. Yeah, the Disney experiment has been a very weird and interesting one uh, to me because if you look at you know it, what they are doing is they're putting out these movies uh, for people who who don't know they're putting the movies out in theaters and on Disney Plus's Premier Access tier. So if you were really excited to see Mulan, you could pay thirty bucks to watch it at home and you just get early access to it instead of it being on uh, Disney plus three months from now, you get it, you get it right away. Same with Raya and the last dragon and same with Cruella and Mulan and Raya didn't do that well, but Cruella is kind of an interesting case here. It didn't open that strong, you know, low twenties, something like that uh, in its first weekend, but it has stuck around and it's closing in on $80 million now, which, uh, you know, again, that's not a huge amount of money pre pandemic and $80 million domestic box office for Cruella would be considered a massive flop. Um, but where we are right now, and in combination with the fact that it's also, you know, pulling in some amount of revenue via the Premier Access tier, do we think that this is working for them? First question. And second question is, do you think Black Widow gets to $100 million opening weekend? Because I think it, I think it's going to get right about there. Uh, so start with the second one first. Uh, that, that, that sounds like a good over-under number. I think I would take the slightly under number because we're still... Uh, still doesn't seem like 
things are surging to that that level, but uh, but uh, that seems like that seems like about where it should come in. But I don't know for Disney. It's yeah. I mean, I think Cruella will. Uh, from from what I'm told, it's 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 gonna it's gonna crawl to break even. So they're gonna they're they're gonna do all right. They're not gonna take a bath on Cruella. Cruella. Uh, it's 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 not a disaster. Um, you know, you, you if you also you look at Raya and the Last Dragon, that movie stuck around. I mean, I, I think yeah. it made about fifty million domestic, but it it had you know no marketing behind it and 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 no nothing in it. It, it just stuck around and uh, crawled its way into some sort of success. But I just I just think so. Look, you can lose your mind trying to calculate like how much they made over this when you minus when you subtract the theater's take versus the subscription. But what's going to be the turn of that? And trying to figure out like where it does better. But I I think at the at the end, what these companies are they're they are they are owners of IP. That's what gives them the value. That's why MGM was purchased. That's why that's why and when if you look at the last year and all the VOD experiments. And you look at each one of the franchises, each one of the stars, each one of the actors as as a, as a stock in themselves. Um, that everybody's stock comes out lower as a result of of all the VOD experiments, and that and and that and that is for a time when uh, people were at home and just and and you had a captive audience. And and I don't, I don't think one of them that comes out as a as as a huge hit from this time. Yeah, I mean, I that we met, you you briefly mentioned uh, the fact that the uh, Universal movies are all going to go to Peacock exclusively to Peacock after a I, what is it uh, three month 40, window? Is it ninety days uh, or is it forty five days? Still, uh, forget what Universal is negotiated okay. now. But uh, but I mean, I, I what one thing I didn't I wasn't quite clear on from the story. Maybe you can help me here. Is whether or not this is going to bypass the VOD. Uh, market entirely. I mean, are are they just like basically smashing a window entirely, going straight from theater to the 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 paid cable channel? What what does that actually look uh, so, like? So 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 this so so you've got you've got the uh, the you've got you've got three windows now. You've got the initial release window. You've got pay one, and you've got pay two. Mm-hmm. So it they, so. Like uh, Sony made that deal with with Netflix so right. for their pay one window, and so everything will live on there for a year, I think, and then it moves over to Disney. Uh, so they've created these 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 two separate things. Um, uh, I guess it's I guess essentially like you, like you think of like as a movie going going to it would go to cable, and then it would go to network TV, and then it would go to home entertainment, and all that. but. Um, <clears throat> I, I so the the announcement about Peacock I think was about pay one, and I think theatrical was left unaddressed there. So I think they're they're leaving them leaving themselves room to uh, to figure that out and uh, work that out film by film on theatric on on the initial release. Right, but but this is but this is my my point though. If you if if you essentially get rid of that pay one window. Uh, or or collapse it to the point where you know everything is everything is just going straight from theaters to your streaming channel. Aren't you just giving up an enormous amount of revenue? I mean, I feel like this is a this is a huge. I, I 
I don't quite understand the logic here, other than I I get trying to get people to sign up for you know your your dumb streaming channel uh, that nobody wants, which is basically what Peacock is at this point. Um, but the but I I I just feel like this is this is another uh, instance of kind of cutting off the nose to 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 quickly more quickly spite the face. I I, I think. I, I... I think all these places see that they've got to, they, they, they have to build out up their whole ecosystems there, which is a service, which is the IP, which is that they've got to have the whole soup to nuts uh, experience in house, <clears throat> or they're going to be, they're going to be prisoner to someone else's uh, uh, demands and uh, someone else and, and, and someone else's negotiation. And, um, I think it's just about them bringing everything home to 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 try to create their whole ecosystem on you know crazy peacock like, like it is now. But it's but they um, the the if you look at if you look at the opposite thing. So Sony has made the decision that they're going to be just a producer and they're just going to license out everything. They don't have a service. They don't uh, they don't they don't do anything. You know they're leaving themselves extremely vulnerable to, to um, at the moment, there's a bit of an arms war, but that's not going to go on forever. At some point, there's going to be a, a few buyers. And one, and once you get past their library, um, all these places and, and all these places that develop their own production thing, they're going to start, they're going to start saying, why do we need Sony to make movies for us? We'll make our own movies. We don't, we don't, we don't need to pay them a premium to, uh, to buy some script that we can buy ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's it's tricky. I don't know because I do think we there has to be some sort of consolidation here. You can't just keep multiplying these streaming platforms. And I understand Sony getting out of that market. It does even though they should have, in theory, had a huge built-in advantage with the PlayStation. You know, you've they got could've, you've they got could have been the biggest one. The, they before Netflix, they could have been the biggest service. Right. I mean, if you've got a if you've got a hundred million PlayStations operating in the United States, and then another you know hundred million probably in Japan. Like I, it just you you have like a nice little natural market there, but they couldn't make it work. Um, By the way, here, catering to to the most desired audience on Earth, yeah. uh, young teenagers there, young teenagers, lots of disposable income. Yeah. Young men who play video games and watch watch Spider Man movies. That's it. Um, uh, so let's uh, let's talk a little bit about another streaming battle slash you know truce whatever that's going on right now, which is uh, as you put it, the telephonies, the uh, AT and T and uh, HBO Max and Warner Brothers and Discovery. Plus, what is the state of affairs there? What is what is uh, what does it look like is going to happen as all this shakes out? So, so just yesterday in uh, in Sun Valley, where the, the the great masters of the media universe gather to uh, to to congratulate each other on, on their deals, uh, David Zaslov, the head of Discovery, who is 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 now uh, the overlord of <clears throat> of the Warner's portfolio, went in and said, "There's more deals coming. We're not done yet." Uh, leading everyone to think that he's about to buy. He's either about to buy. Uh, uh, that the, the the two things that that everybody says are on the table are are Paramount and uh, and and Comcast. That somehow mm-hmm. Comcast is either going to either going to buy or sell or be bought in something. And 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 Zaslav uh, teased this, but uh, you know he very much wants to build up an empire there, and and uh, and and uh, it's. 
the, the, the thing for, for that's, that's, that's uh, sad for you and I is that in all the talk of this, they almost, they almost never mention uh, movies. Like it's not mm-hmm. even, it, it's kind of just assumed like, okay, that we, had, we also inherited that old thing that they do, but at some point <laughs> we got to get rid of that. That's that like, it's, it, it's not even talked about. Yeah, that's super depressing. Uh, I mean, it, you know, it's we need a we need a, a generation of billionaires who think like Quentin Tarantino, uh, who uh, just bought another another theater up to show show his his lovely film collection. Well, they uh, all give lip service to that. They all come in and talk about the great the great legacy of this studio, and they talk about Casablanca, and they, and you know Jason Kylar since he, in the two years since he's gone there, his his. Twitter feed uh, is, is has been a tour of the old sound stages that uh, and talking about all the all the great movies uh, uh, filmed there. Even as he did more to dismantle the theatrical experience and maybe any executive in history, but uh, they all they, you know this is they're 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 not all talking about uh, hey I we're we're at the home of TBS here now. It's it's <laughs> uh, this is this is where Humphrey Bogart and. Uh, and uh, Ingrid Bergman once stood. Yeah. So what do we what do we think is actually going to end up happening with uh, with HBO Max and Warner's and Discovery? I mean, are, 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 are a what does the timeline look like in terms of getting that all done? Are we looking at a year, two years? Um, and and B, what does the end product look like? Is it a single uh, platform or is it is it something akin to the Disney, Hulu, ESPN Plus sort of package? Uh, deal, um, all to be determined. It, it's you know every every statement on Discovery has been like just a lot of like corporate new technology buzzwords and like feel good and uh, and 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 you know a lot of a lot of new logos and uh, and and uh, everything, but not a lot of not a lot of descriptions. I'm, one assumes you know they're basically recreating the cable bundle. They're like they're they're right. They're they're saying like we got we got all these cable channels we can we can dominate cable and uh, and 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 they're creating some sort of cable thing that you know they they don't necessarily fit together or have any identity or or have any reason for being together except you can except you can get leverage and strike a better deal with them so it it I I I think it's completely transactional of like. You know, can they get a better deal from cable companies? Can they get a better deal from subscribers if they put these together, or or or, or uh, break them into two parts, or fifth, or fifteen parts, or, or or whatever it is? I don't think there's any natural identity here. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned uh, Tarantino. I want to. I want to talk about him just very, very quickly. If you, uh, I, I'm curious to get the LA residents' thoughts on this because you know, on, on out in Twitterland, you know, half the people want to burn Quentin Tarantino at the stake, and half yeah. the people want to like ascend him to sainthood. Um, and it's and these two warring factions are at each other's throat. But I mean, you you live out in LA. You talk to you know the the big shots, the powerful folks, and you know you could in theory go to these theaters if you wanted to what is the actual mood like out there when it when his name comes up is it just like all oh, that crazy that wacky quentin or is it like yes he's doing a thing that matters and is important well the, the new beverly is that that he saved is is uh is really a special i mean i i that's that's where i grew up and i saw all the uh 
all, all the all, all the great films there originally. So it's a, that's a that's a very special place that was probably headed for extinction uh, after the, uh, you know was having having really tough times. So the the, the fact that he saved it is uh, is is what it, whatever whatever else one says about him uh, is is a great public service. I mean, you know, he's in a, he's in a uh, unique place right now because he's. He's uh, this this kind of auteurist filmmaker whose films are, uh, are whose films are, are doing uh, relatively well and uh, and 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 studios uh, studios want to want want to be working with him. It's uh, it you know he has a, he has a unique uh, spot and he you know he shoots his mouth off and gets in controversies all over the place, but but. Uh, but uh, the, the, for for the moment, the world is the world is his oyster, and I'm sure if he, you know, sure sure if he was willing to go over to Netflix, he could put a zero on the end of his uh, whatever his Sony deal is, and uh, and you know, he can be a loudmouth all he wants. Yeah, I, it is funny how no controversy actually seems to stick to him. Nothing nothing he does or says has any any bearing on Quentin Tarantino. He just lives he lives his life. I think there's something no, to be said for that. And it, it it did seem like in 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 once when when once got time in Hollywood came out that th- this was going to be uh, Quentin Damron and that the, the 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 vultures were circling and that they that 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 everyone was ready to to bring him down and 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 all all the uh, all the old evidence was being assembled and everything and then it just didn't stick he just sort of just sort of shrugged it off and it, yeah. I mean it's Disney's gotten gotten really good at this at, at just at, at, at just showing that that when you don't give the Twitter controversies any oxygen, they just go away. They just so in Disney, Disney when 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 one of their people is accused, Disney like the best I can tell they they don't they don't even give a no comment on it. They just they just sort of don't respond or don't answer calls, and they they they, they wait for forty eight hours and and uh, and and the world moves on. And I I, I think I think uh, I think everything was was set for Quentin to go down uh, 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 with with once upon a time in Hollywood and he just wouldn't he just he just he just didn't know how to play the game of his own uh, of his own crucifixion there and didn't get into it yeah I uh, I there's something there's something very admirable about that you gotta you gotta you gotta hand it to him um, I we what, what before we started, I sent you a link to a story in the LA Times that was very interesting to me. Which is we the the thesis the thesis of this uh, story was basically look we still don't have good ratings data. The Nielsen's numbers are interesting, but they're not uh, they're not you know hard and fast proof of what is being watched by how many people. Uh, Netflix obviously gives us their little data dotes uh, as the entertainment strategy guy puts it, but we don't have any really good firm ideas of what those mean. You know, Netflix knows everything they're not telling us. Um, you know, Warner Brothers puts out no, and HBO Max put out no numbers, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, we're, we're in kind of a data-free zone in terms of trying to figure out what people watch. But one thing you can look at is how many podcasts are put out about any given thing, right? So they, the, the, the thesis of this story was basically Loki is a huge hit for 
for for Disney and Disney Plus because Loki is talked about by many people. It's it's very popular. There are lots of podcasts. Uh, it's got a lot of good buzz. So they're rolling out week by week, so people are continuing to talk about it. It's not just dumped all at once, uh, and that that helps them out. I would counter that slightly by saying, look, you could have said the same thing about Mad Men. If you looked at Mad Men in 2008 or 9 or 10 or whenever, you know, that that series was at its absolute peak of popularity, you could just count the number of stories in the New York Times, Slate, Los Angeles Times, Salon. You go down the list and just say, like, look, there's all these, everybody must be watching this. Look at how many people are talking about it in, in the media. And when, in fact, the ratings were about a million people. About a million people watched Mad Men every week. I think more than a million people are watching Loki, but I don't think that this is necessarily a good metric to judge it. Or am I wrong? You know, it, in the subscription era, it's about, it, it really is, it's, it's, it's the number of times the, uh, how excited people are because they, because, because uh, it's a matter of they like it, but are they well, but but do they like it enough to put their money down on it now? And um, I think it, <clears throat> it's uh, you know the, the, those those podcast. I, I I think the I I think you're absolutely right in the Mad Men era when it was you know a a viewer for Mad Men uh, in terms of worth was worth the same thing as a viewer for CSI and the fact that that Mad Men had one twentieth of the number that CSI had and got. A, a thousand times uh, the 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 ink on it was 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 a total reflection of just uh, of, of just the interests of, of of the people who write those articles. But um, the <clears throat> excuse me. Um, but within uh, the the podcast universe, I mean, I I think there there's some sort of formula to be derived of like if people will listen to three podcasts about something that equals uh, uh, 5% more likely to buy a Disney Plus subscription and to, to stay with it like you need that you you need that you need them not to just be passive passively enjoying but act, but if, if they're actively seeking something out that means they're going to keep paying for it I think yeah yeah, I mean, I, I just like it, it. You're right, though. That's that is that is a thing that you know is is very much needs to be under consideration here. Is like it's not just are people watching it? It's are people subscribing? Are people paying to watch it? Um, yeah, way, and, way better to have a hundred thousand people who are so excited about it that they're willing to pay than than to have five million people that uh, that that just that that uh, just passively viewing it but wouldn't wouldn't shell out for it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, uh, both, all right. we're both in the subscription business, so we exactly. You got to give people what they want and what they get excited for. It's uh, it's uh, speaking of which, uh, again, Richard's uh, newsletter is at theankler.com. You got you got to sign up for it and get it. It's it's uh, a great digest of everything that is happening in the the world of entertainment, and he's got good uh, reporting in there. I you, I can't recommend it. Enough. Uh, all right. What, what? What? What should we? What? What have I failed to ask? What should we talk about in terms of the the business of Hollywood right now that people need to know about, and should be should be discussing with each other? Well, the, the, so the, so the thing I'm writing about now. Uh, love to hear your thoughts about it. Is you've got you've got these two uh, gatherings going on at this at this moment. You got you've got uh, the Sun Valley uh, meeting of the the moguls. Uh, and you've got uh, you've got you've got the Cannes Film Festival going on, 
And the, these two huge things that 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 take up all the me, all the media attention is focused on them and the number of reporters and I you know the combined media travel budgets on those like could could support a nation. Um, and it, I don't know. It, just, it it feels to me that these are both at either ends of the spectrum, just irrelevant to what the future will be. Because like we're we're, we're talking about all these. With, with, with Sun Valley, we're talking about all these formulas and how we put it together. And ultimately, it's going to be going to be people making hits. And like, are these are these guys in, in Sun Valley really in touch with that? Or or do you have a new generation that just doesn't want anything of what of what these guys are doing? Uh, and then can I I mean, I I, I was reading uh, takes yesterday about how uh how Parasite shows that Cannes is now the center of the film world, and and that's the new model for what everything is going to be. And it's just, it just seems like, and you look at what's playing. Um, it's you know the the the, the new Sean Penn uh, drama about what's what's that called? I don't even know. I don't. Know. Yeah, it's, it's, right. it, it's uh, it just the like, Leos Carrex musical with Adam yes. Driver. I'm sure it's going to be an enormous uh, <laughs> blockbuster. Smash! The world has been waiting for the follow-up to Holy Motors here for uh, for so long, and um, it, it just it it just seems that what the what traditional entertainment does becomes increasingly irrelevant to what people are going to be watching. Yeah, no, I think that's totally right. I mean, I uh, you know what is what is the next big hit going to be? It's going to be a series on HBO or a series on Netflix. Or, you know, a, a series on FX on Hulu, right? Like that is like the that is that is where everything is going to come from. And this gets back to your point that like movies are just kind of an afterthought at this point. Like I saw I saw uh, one of the headlines out of the Cannes uh, film marketplace was that I, I think STX paid seventy five million dollars yeah. for the sequel to Greenland. That, that like that, that stopped track, but then the, they only paid half of that for the U.S. rights. So so right, yeah, I mean less, they yeah, but I mean I I mean seventy five million dollars for worldwide rights to a a hit property is not necessarily a bad deal, except for the fact that it, you know, we don't have any idea if this was a hit property. It made, it made, you know, a, yeah. a bit of money in theaters. I, I, I know it did very well on VOD. Um, so I'm assuming that $75 million includes VOD rights worldwide, you know, but like still I, Greenland, the Gerard <laughs> Butler disaster movie, which was fine. I liked it. It was okay. Uh, but, but again, Gerard, Gerard Butler is, uh, a proven, a proven star who can deliver an audience within a very narrow, uh, you know. He's a, he's a rich man's Vin, Vin Diesel. <laughs> or is he? Is he? It, 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 it's kind of a different, a different, uh, maybe a, a broader, but uh, a, a broader but cheaper uh, uh, playing field than than Vin Diesel. Yeah. Well, he's I mean, he's not making the 200 million dollar Fast and Furious movies. It's more like the like 30 or 40 million dollars Olympus has fallen movies. Yeah. Uh, but he, gets to, his, but he, his, he gets to play multiple characters. So, 
Yes. Uh, so yes. I yeah no I I love Gerard Butler. I'm glad. I'm again. I have I have no ideological objection to seventy five million dollars being spent on Greenland. It's just kind of one of these things that was like, wait, what? What is? What is happening? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it this 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 seems like uh, this is not the future of entertainment. <laughs> No, it is definitely not. Uh, all right, Richard, thank you very much for being on the show. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Uh, greatly. Uh, go to theankler.com and you'll uh, find his newsletter. It's great. Sign up for it. Uh, subscribe. You'll love it. Uh, it has Sunny Bunch's guarantee. Um, that is it for this week's episode of The Bulwark Goes to Hollywood. I will be back next week with another episode. See you guys then. <laughs> <laughs>